0: Thanks, Indeed, for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. And thanks to Notion for also supporting the show. Where do I find that one urgent piece of information quickly and with my sanity intact? try notion ai for free when you go to notion.com slash apple bits all lowercase all right everybody let's get to the show what's up everybody welcome to the apple bits excel brian tong here your host doing the most for everything, good and bad inside the world of Apple, welcome. Yes, this is. I'm not gonna call it a special, but you know, I've been busy, I've been traveling, I've been loaded with stuff. So this is yeah, we're putting a show out here during the I guess you would call it the Thanksgiving break, but there's still lots to talk about. If you've been watching my YouTube channel, you know that I recently, geez, it's been basically less than a week, but time flies. I was over at Apple HQ, and I gotta do a hands-on demo with spatial video on the iPhone 15 Pro. And then I got to jump back into the Apple Vision Pro headset. So we're going to talk about all of that. We've got iPhone 16 and 16 Pro reports and rumors and a lot of things happening there. Plus, uh, maybe Apple even doubling down on privacy in another way for one of their super popular devices. All right, but before we get to that, hey, let's just cover some, I guess let's call it the business of the show. If you want to be a part of the show, all you got to do is call in, record a voice memo, send it into AppleBitsShow at gmail.com. That's AppleBits with a Z, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. And if you don't want to talk about anything, then we won't put it on the show. But applebits show is how you can become a part of this. And I'd love to hear from you all because it just adds so much more texture to the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support my content it's how you support the podcast all the videos i do but really what do you get you get early access to content rewards at different levels and a completely ad-free version of the show it starts at two dollars per month five dollars is like a cup of coffee you got the 10 the 25 and the 100 platinum apple level and honestly i would not be able to do all this without your support and you all keep me going and that's why we're at, what, episode 291? That is crazy. We're almost hitting 300 episodes of just the podcast. In addition, to all the other videos and content that I do. So patreon.com slash Tong is how you support. Okay, so let's get into this. And it was just basically, a, I think, a little over a week, but I wasn't able to talk about it yet, where I went out to Apple HQ. They invited me for a special hands-on demo. Uh, I did not see any other content creators there. I know they gave access to some people just to kind of get an early feel of it, but this was a chance to use Apple's new spatial video feature that is only right now on the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max. Um, It's currently not available for everyone, but if you have the developer's beta of iOS 17.2, if you go in your camera, you go into the settings and you then go into formats, it gives you an option to turn on the switch to record spatial video with your iPhone and why this is important and why this is really cool. Spatial video is that really super immersive 3d video capture that you can now do directly from your phone. You can save these files on your phone. And then if you're one of those people that is planning to get an Apple vision pro, you can watch these videos later on, on the Apple vision pro now, just to kind of get some of the, I guess, specs out of the way of this video file, because you're all curious, it records a video that records two streams, one coming from the wide camera and one coming from the ultra wide camera. Now, with the Apple iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max, they actually rearranged the lenses so that the wide and the ultra wide could be sitting vertically from each other. They were, previously they were diagonal from each other. And why that's important is then when you rotate the camera on its side, then they're right next to each other. One will represent as if it's your right eye, the other will represent your left eye. And then in addition to that, they're doing color correction, auto cropping, and just lens distortion from the ultra wide camera to match it up exactly from that perspective to the wide camera. Now this file that it records is gonna be an HEVC file that is two streams of video. When you watch it on your current iPhone 15 Pro, or if you even send it to someone, it will display the stream coming just from the wide camera so it'll be a flat image it'll look nice but the main thing here is that it only currently records in 1080p video 1080p 30 frames per second and then about 1 minute of video is 130 megs so if you're talking about every 8 minutes of video is going to be about 1 gig of storage that takes up on your drive you do have to record these directly to the phone so you can't use anything like an external USB C drive but these files will now start, you know, building a library of files that make sense to you. And then you can watch them on the Apple Vision Pro. So what did that mean? They gave me this cool demo. I went over to a sushi chef who was doing a sushi demo, you know, chopping up some of that Nigiri, making me some dope sushi. And but I was able to get really up close, medium, tight and wide and just kind of figure out how spatial video, what are kind of the best situations of how to record spatial video. And what I found is that because it's 1080p, because it's 30 frames per second, because it's, you know, two streams of video, when you start doing a lot of quick motion or action, uh, if anything is moving fast, that image kind of breaks down. You almost see that the frame flicker to a certain degree. I mean, if you have really, if you're used to looking at different types of video, you'll be able to see it. But the, the biggest takeaway is that with fast moving things, they tend to break down a little bit, uh, from a frame rate perspective, but that's just because we're doing two streams of 1080p in 3D. Now, if you, what you can do though, is if you have something like sushi on a plate, I can do kind of slow static pans, you know, kind of those gorgeous, sexy, like, sexy, like left to right. And what I found is that the detail that this captures, you know, a lot of 3D cameras and 3D setups feels like you get one or two levels of depth. The spatial video recordings from an iPhone 15 Pro and then played on an Apple Vision Pro look really good for 1080p. And the first thing that I thought about was like, okay, wow, this looks really good. I did, there was a a container that had about 20 or 25 chopsticks on it. And I wanted to record it just to see how much depth and detail I could get from every chopstick, whether they were a little more you know, in the foreground and a little more in the background with a tighter shot. And it looked really good. Of course, a medium-sized shot. If you're shooting someone on video like a person, you kind of want to keep them in frame because you don't want their arms or the top of their head to be chopped off by the frame because it kind of looks weird uh, because it is a spatial video, but let's just call it a three-dimensional video. It's really immersive, and I did things like with his hands making sushi, the sushi on a platter and just kind of did some beauty shots and then moving in and out, and then I tried to do some rapid pans, but I would say fast movement, not ideal, but it could come in hand. It could be interesting if maybe you're walking and talking to camera. I mean, there's going to be a lot of experimentation of what really works the best, but I definitely found that static people or static objects objects where you do some of the movement tends to give you the best image. But if you're trying to do a really quick pan, like a whoosh across, it's just not going to look that good. And the whole point is almost because of the immersion and the 3D video, you just kind of sit in it and you watch it and you enjoy it. And it fe- the less movement actually kind of makes it feel more Organic and real as if you're sitting down and talking with someone so I recorded about five minutes three to five minutes of video with this sushi chef and then I went over to try on the headset so this would be the second time that I try try on the Apple vision Pro and I will say compared to my first experience uh, there were a few new uh, interface and user experiences that were different with the Apple vision Pro but also the actual headset to me felt and looked exactly the same as my first try and that was my expectation because i remember when i first tried on the apple vision pro at wwdc to me i said this is a polished finished product Like this feels like what we're going to get and from a weight standpoint from a product standpoint of everything that i could recall from before the fit the finish the materials and the weight this was exactly the same apple vision pro from a hardware perspective at least how i felt um when i got it i will say that the light seal that's that part that is supposed to be kind of customized more your face this light seal the second time around was better meaning the first time around it kind of didn't block out all the light so maybe they didn't exactly get the right proper light seal sizing for my face but the second time around i did not feel like any light was leaking through or that it did not fit my face properly i will say in the first demo You know, it was talked about, and I mentioned it in my earlier videos, they had that over, there's the strap that goes around the back, like that single strap, but they also have like an over the head strap to help distribute the weight better. This second time around, they did not have that over the head strap. So the thing, the takeaway for me though, is that I still started to feel the weight of the headset around the same time, around that 10 minute point. I was like, oh, okay, I, I can start feeling the weight of the headset. It is not light. Uh, based on my current uses this is not a final final product at least you know from what we know it still would be pretty tough and i mean really tough for me to even get through an hour with this headset on i think i could do it 15 20 minute doses again the fidelity is amazing the visuals the responsiveness uh the ui using your eye tracking and your fingers to navigate it really 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 nice but let's talk about The actual Apple Vision Pro for some of the new things that I saw. And then we'll talk about, um, you know, more about the video aspect of it. But they showed off two new things. One of them was if you've seen any of the videos and how to navigate and use the Apple Vision Pro, a new thing showed up where, let's say you're looking at a window, let's pretend it's the photo app and there's a bunch of different photos on it. What you can do is if you look down in the bottom right hand corner, this did not exist there before and it hasn't been shown on videos. When you look down on the bottom right hand corner, there's a little curved white line. I would say about 10 to 15 pixels away from that edge, that rounded edge on the bottom right-hand corner. And what you can now do is when you look at it, you can pinch your finger and pull and basically resize whatever that window is to be really large or to be smaller, but to size it however you want. This is gonna be different from the horizontal line on the bottom of an active window, where when you look at it and you pinch it, you can push that window, you know, Close, pull it closer to you, or push it further back into your environment. And there's a drop shadow that indicates that as well. Whereas on this corner, this is to actually physically increase the size of the window you're looking at. So you just kind of pinch and pull it at an angle, and it gets larger. Or you push it, and it gets smaller. So that was one of the new uh user interface. Ge- I guess it's not a gesture, but it it is a way to interact uh, with the UI. The other thing they showed us um, for the first time was. You know, actually pinch and zooming. So, you know, if you have a picture on your phone and you want to zoom into it, you take your two fingertips and then you kind of put it on there and then you spread them out. Well, for the Apple Vision Pro, what you'll do is you'll actually take both hands, take your pinky and sorry, your pinky, take your thumb and your index finger from both hands, pinch them together when you're looking at a photo, and then pull them apart. So, it's similar to multi touch on the phone, except you're now using two fingers two hands, you're pinching them in front of you and then pulling them apart to zoom in and zoom out of a picture. And we were able to look at photos that were, you know, from the 48 megapixel to get all that detail of people's skin and the detailed materials that they were wearing. Very nice, very fluid, and it looked really good. So those are the two new use UI um, additions that we got to play with the Apple Vision Pro. But from a hardware standpoint, looking at spatial video on the Apple Vision Pro. I think that the biggest takeaway I took about away from it because they showed us some other demo videos of families like playing with bubbles. A woman with her kid, and the bubbles actually looked really good because they weren't moving super fast. They were kind of floating there, but that looked really good. Uh, it felt like you were there when you are also watching spatial video in the current demos you see on Apple videos. It it fades around the edges, but it has like a harsh line around the video window. In our current demos. Not only does it kind of fade around the edges, that harsh line that kind of shows, oh, this is a video window, that is gone. And the actual spatial videos themselves also fade into the background. So it's not, there's nowhere where you see a harsh border or frame around spatial videos. The other great thing is that initially we saw that the Apple Vision Pro headset could take spatial videos, but those were in kind of like a more of a square Box format when you do it with your iPhone, it's a 16 by nine aspect ratio, so you get that landscape view and it looks really, really nice. And the biggest takeaway I, I even said in my videos that I think that you know, I'm thinking about it and I kind of like, I don't know, you, I'm definitely going to take not to be morbid, but I'm gonna have you know, my parents and Family and friends, you know, maybe during the holidays, um, maybe even something like, "Oh, what are you thankful for? What what do you think about during these holidays?" Do messages directly to camera um, in spatial video for the Apple Vision Pro because I think this thing's going to really mess with your emotions. Like if you capture, you know, maybe maybe something that you want someone just to s- some thoughts that someone wants to let you know, and it's a loved one that maybe they pass on, and that's the only thing you have. It is so immersive the way the sound comes through to you, it feels the presence. It There's presence to these videos that feel like you're there, even at 1080p. Of course, everyone's like, oh, I want 4K. Look, we'll eventually get 4K. I'm not worried about that. But this is not about capturing action. I think this is really about capturing moments and also moments you can connect with emotionally. And there's no product or combination of products that I have seen that have been able to do that. And the Apple Vision Pro, you know, I think, it's going to really tap into some things in some of the comments on my video. People said, you know what? I never thought of it that way. And I think you're right because you know, some people have already lost loved ones and they can't even get through listening to voicemails from them. I mean, I've been through that. I know exactly what that feels like. And and to see someone as if they're right in front of you um, saying something to you or just a memory. Oh, that it's going to be pretty heavy. Quite honestly, I'm not trying to put this on a downer, but it actually makes the Apple vision pro really powerful. So we're going to see how it's used. There are some apps already out there that are allowing people who take spatial video on their iPhone to then convert that file so that file can at least be watched on something like the MetaQuest 3 or the MetaQuest 2. I believe the app is called Space Spatiality, like S P A T I A L I T Y. Spatiality? 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 Um, just look it up because, again, when you record these videos, it. it puts them as a dual two streams of video in an HE VC file that you can look on your phone. It'll be totally flat. Uh, you can't, at least at the moment, send them out to people, but you can save them and create this library of videos for Apple Vision Pro. And then remember, they also just recently upped the iCloud storage to options for what, six terabytes and 12 terabytes. And to me, That's where I would dump all my spatial videos and then be able to access them at any time with the Apple vision pro. If these are, you know, a a eight minute video would be almost a gig. Like I wish spatial, I wish I hired someone to just shoot my entire wedding and just kind of be a free, free roaming person in spatial video. So I could have those moments. Like I really think, dang, that would be crazy powerful. Then you start thinking about, Oh, editing in spatial video. Then you know, I want to make the first product review in spatial video, but, you know, there's a lot of things to experiment with. And I don't know, I really hope more than anything from a distribution standpoint, Apple needs to work with YouTube to be able to post videos made for spatial video that can then be viewed in the Apple headset. They can't keep it proprietary, or if they do, they need to make it super easy so that we can share spatial videos. And it to me, it's going to be, content is going to be one of the most compelling reasons to have an Apple Vision Pro and then it just comes down to making it comfortable, making it more affordable. And this is, it's not going to be either of those in generation one, quite honestly. But again, I have to wait to get my final, final verdict because it's not there. But the the tech in the Apple Vision Pro, I've said it over and over, it's incredible. It is top tier. The price is also top tier if you're starting at $3,499. But I wanted to give you all more insight of what I experienced with spatial video, And then the Apple vision pro now being able to use it twice in and see new things that they're doing with it. Um, Oh, I also forgot to tell you, duh. One other thing is that there's a new setup where, you know, there's an eye calibration tool where you stare at six points uh, with your eyes. And when you look at the dot, you pinch your finger to verify like, Hey, my eye is looking at that. They now have a setup that does, that is both a bright background and a dark background and that's because your pupils open up, right? Um, they dilate and with different lighting conditions. And so it allows the Apple Vision Pro to accurately be calibrated, whether it's in a dark situation or a light situation. So that's really cool. And that is a new thing that they added in the setup. But overall, everything I told you the ability to resize a window from the corner, the ability to pinch and zoom with two hands with that gesture in photos, and then. Check out spatial video on the Apple Vision Pro. We didn't even get to load the video onto it. They did it for us. So clearly, they didn't want us to see that process or, you know, how do we, is there a streaming button from iPhone to apple vision pro and i believe there was some setting in the beta of 17.2 that at least showed some sort of connection where you can choose to share content between them but apple didn't let us try that hands-on uh so that's that and then also the new setup but a lot of cool nuggets for apple vision pro i know it's not going to be a device for everyone but it is cool to be able to experience that and it's up to me to tell you my experiences and what i felt and saw to keep you all updated with the latest for a spatial video in the Apple vision pro. So that was, that was pretty cool all right let's take a moment to thank the sponsor for the show indeed hey what's a game where no one wins the waiting game and when it comes to hiring don't wait for great talent to find you find them first with indeed because when you're hiring you need indeed indeed makes hiring in one place so easy even right from the main page type in the type of jobs that you're looking for in the search bar and a list instantly shows up for jobs in your area now let's talk about indeed's hiring platform that is second to none candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to us indeed data it gets you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates and indeed does the hard work for you indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster and indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly even better Indeed, is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, and Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring tool, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest in 2019. So clearly, an amazing hiring platform. So join more than three. Million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com/applebits offer good for a limited time claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com/applebits indeed.com/applebits terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Also, if you're like me and you've used Notion, you know how essential it is, and they are also sponsoring the podcast. Now, I've been using Notion for about two years now to manage my workflow and all my video and podcast projects that you see, and it's made a major, major difference in keeping me organized. I just didn't realize how much it would help, but being a creator, it is a chaotic lifestyle, trust me, uh, and working on my own makes it Pretty, pretty wild. I mean, I need all the help I can get. So Notion combines my notes and docs and projects all together in one beautiful space. And then navigating that space is easier than ever. Thanks to Notion's new feature, Q&A, which is an AI assistant that can answer questions about next quarter's roadmap. Find that marketing campaign proposal you're looking for or dig up a long lost link all in seconds. I just used it the other day to manage all my December projects coming up from my videos to my sponsored opportunities. And then this podcast, all that's happening multiple times to make sense of it all. Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions, using information from across your wiki projects, docs and meeting notes. And you can try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash apple That's all lowercase letters. Have an urgent question that you normally turn to a coworker to answer. Hey, just ask the Q&A instead. It'll search through thousands of documents in seconds and answer your questions in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. You can also ask Q&A questions from anywhere in Notion so you can find exactly what you need without leaving the doc that you're in right now and then stay focused on what's important. When you use Notion AI, it's even easier to do your most meaningful work. Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash applebits. That's all lowercase letters notion.com slash AppleBits to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're also supporting my show. All right, everybody, do you want to talk iPhone 16 and 16 Pro? I think you do if you stick around here because we've got a lot of the latest stories and rumors that have been bubbling up to the top and a lot of stuff that just kind of happened within the past two, three days. So at least when you're talking about the iPhone 16 and 16 Pro lineup, we know this is going to be set for 2024. We're not talking about this year's phones now. We're we're looking a little further into 2024. And the biggest report, which has been playing out and kind of expected now, Touch ID will not return to the iPhone 16 lineup in any way, shape, or form. So this comes from an integrated circuit expert on Weibo. That's the Chinese microblogging site. And this person has a track record for sharing accurate information. Now, in a most recent post, they said that most of the equipment originally used to manufacture the chips required for iPhone's version of Touch ID has now been shut down, and the only remaining units are being used for the third-generation iPhone SE. Now, this is... Remember, there's been a lot of rumblings like, will Apple ever do an under-display fingerprint Touch ID similar to what Android phones have had for Gs? Are we at year four or five now? For a while. And it's really responsive these days too. Apple has chosen not to go that route and they go with Face ID, which I do agree, you know, Touch ID was able to be replicated by some people. But when I say replicated, you know, they say the ability for it to be cracked is, you know, there's a higher probability compared to someone's face. But I'll tell you that Face ID with family members and even twins has been cracked. Although, you know, a stranger is not going to apply. But, Different family members have been able to unlock people's phones with Face ID. It is better, but it's happened more often than you heard about, oh, my Touch ID was unlocked by a family member. That just doesn't happen. Either way, if you love Touch ID, it's not planning to come to the iPhone 16. And we know that the iPhone SE fourth generation, which has been in talks for a while, that will likely bring in the Face ID component at the top, which would make it the last iPhone that used to have Touch ID. That would all be gone. But at the same time, there's been a lot of reports and rumors that Apple is still working on some sort of under-display fingerprint technology that could appear in iPhones around 2026, and also aligning with that, the idea that a Face ID sensor/slash camera would go under the display of the device as well around that time. I, I would imagine the actual camera camera would would be some sort of a dot or some sort of shape on the front, just because unless because they won't be able to get it. You know, we've seen under display cameras already on some phones, and they just aren't nearly as good as the dedicated camera. And I don't think Apple would sacrifice that. So I would expect us to still see a camera, a hole for a camera lens. But at least when it comes to face ID, yeah, I think they could still be just as accurate putting it under the display. And then you get this whole idea of the perfect slate candy bar phone. And I don't know, I mean. I guess it's kind of cool, but there's been a lot of Android phones that have given us that and now are starting to give us just these massive, amazing, high quality 10X optical zoom cameras on the back of their phones. And they're not even being, they're not even being shameful about it. They're just throwing the biggest, baddest camera they can. There's like the Vivo X100 I recently saw. I was like, dear Lord. um, and it And it looks really impressive with what it can do. But at least based on these early reports, Touch ID, don't expect it in any way, shape, or form on the iPhone 16. Also, if we jump over to the iPhone 16 Pro, the Pro I'm talking about, not the Pro Max, but the iPhone 16 Pro is expected to still, once again, include that Tetra Prism telephoto lens that gives it a 5X optical zoom. Now, if you don't remember, that 5X optical zoom is, first of all, the largest or the, the most optical zoom Apple has ever offered. It's only available in the iPhone 15 Pro Max right now. Other competitors, uh, Google has 5X optical, Samsung has 10X optical, really good. But then Apple will say, hey, uh, you know, the the camera that we're using allows more light in, right? It has a better aperture so you can get better quality pictures and better stabilization. Whereas the Samsung 10X does not take this, does not allow as much light in. It's a lot more wobbly and harder to hold still. So, you know, there are some trade-offs there, but at least right now, Apple has 5X, Samsung has 10X for optical at the max. But this story said, hey, the 16 Pro will now also get that same 5X tetraprism telephoto lens with the optical zoom. There's no word or reports if it's actually gonna be an improved version, but a lot of the talk was about, hey, there wasn't enough space in the 16 Pro. Maybe potentially they weren't even able to get out enough of the lenses to satisfy 15 Pro demand. And now all the reporters are saying, hey, the new iPhone 16 phone, specifically the Pro and the Pro Max, are increasing in size. And the 16 Pro is expected to go from a 6.1-inch display to a 6.3-inch display, which would allow for more space for components internally, and then potentially allow now for this Tetra Prism, Tetra Prism telephoto lens. And then the iPhone 16 Pro Max is, is expected to go from 6.7 inches display to a 6.9 inch display. So these phones aren't getting smaller, y'all. They're getting bigger. I don't... Do we really need to get them bigger? I I don't know. I mean, the size really matter with the phone. Also, you have the first alleged leaks of the iPhone 16 Pro components, and we're talking specifically the battery. What's the difference here? Well, you can't see it in these photos, but basically... This battery has changed from a glossy surface to more frosted metal shell. It has a redesigned connector, and the thing, and also the capacity of the battery is just slightly larger than the iPhone 15 Pro. So this iPhone 16 Pro prototype image shows that the battery does have a 3,355 milliampere-hour capacity. That's 2.5 percent more than what the 15 Pro has. So I don't think that's going to make a world of difference, but There appears to be a new battery component, a new battery with a slightly larger capacity in the iPhone 16 Pro that was just revealed um, a couple days ago. The other thing is that iPhone, we're going to jump around a little bit more, but if we're talking about iPhone 16, iPhone 16 Plus, iPhone 16 Pro, and iPhone 16 Pro Max, we know that the current iPhone 15 Pro lineup has the... A17 Pro chip inside, right? And also that means that the current iPhone 15 and 15 Plus have the A16 chip inside. Well, I'll report saying that now the at least from a number standpoint, but capabilities will be different. The iPhone 16 family will all have A18 chips, but the higher end pro models will have the 18, sorry, the A18 Pro chip. Which to, which will I'm assuming will have some of those more uh, graphics intensive with a new GPU, next gen GPU from Apple that will have features like ray tracing and dynamic caching and more just from a visual standpoint to be able to deliver better graphics, better gaming, and that's those same capabilities at least in the current 15 Pro phones, right? All those visual cap- graphical capabilities were also. Uh, enabled in the new m3 chip family as well so you know that also is a sign that some of these games that are being announced like oh made for iphone that they could easily translate to the mac and give the mac a better library like uh was it resident evil 4 which i believe is coming out a little later in december uh stray which is that fun cat game that's coming out i believe in early december and then you obviously have Baldur's gate uh three which is already on there so uh, some better pickings for games as well. I think the other thing about the new iPhone 16 family, the camera layout, I talked to you about how there was the wide and ultra wide that are in a vertical form, a vertical alignment. And then when you turn it sideways, they're horizontal, kind of like two eyes, left eye and right eye. That is expected to also, that same camera layout. Previously, the earlier I, standard iPhones, when I say standard, we the like Let's say the iPhone 15 and 15 plus. Um, What we're expecting is that the 16 models will now have a vertical camera layout as well, which might indicate that the new iPhone 16 and across the entire family would all be able to take spatial video because they can use the lenses that way. So that's interesting. There's also a reported new physical capture button rumored for all iPhone 16 models. So this would be an additional button. No no clear idea of what its purpose could be, whether it has to do with quick photo taking or video taking or content creation stuff we don't know um there's also been rumors about a super telephoto lens to kind of create a differentiation between the pro max and the pro models we don't know if that's going to happen or not my my bet would be like apple's not trying to rush these things and their iphone sales are still very solid i'll you know maybe it is yeah a little bit of down year, but apple's still selling hundreds of milk cajillions. is that really number no but you know what I'm saying, tens of millions of phones still constantly. Um, Wi-Fi 7 support is expected to come as well. The 5X optical zoom, that's expected to be at least the minimum on both the Pro lineups. And so we'll see, you know, where this goes and maybe new functionality for the action button, plus a few other things. But, you know, the the main thing is that these phones aren't changing that drastically. We haven't even seen it. Will they really do a completely redesigned body for this iPhone 16 for the sweet 16 or not um other design notion you know design things we've heard about is a new thermal design with uh, a graphene thermal system for the heat sink which would be able to um be able to keep the phone cooler after there were some concerns about the iPhone 15 Pro lineup heating up so uh we'll just have to wait and see now also I talked about privacy earlier and how Apple might be doubling doubling down on privacy we know we heard Tim Cook talked about that early on in his tenure as the CEO, but it's just impossible now. Everyone has a phone everywhere, and you just can't keep these things a secret anymore. I mean, we're talking about, we start talking about phones two models ahead now. We were talking about iPhone 16 when the iPhone 14 hadn't even, or was just about to come out. I mean, that's how wild some of these leaks and rumors are. And, you know, things change over time, but that's how far ahead of we are. And that's how insatiable the demand is and the desires to find out what's coming next. So, Apple recently had two patents that were revealed to deal with specifically with privacy. And earlier in the year, the Wall Street Journal published an article about how thieves are basically looking over people's shoulders, sometimes seeing the codes that they, pa- that they type in in their phones, and then stealing their phones, knowing the passcode they popped it in, and then accessing all their information, right? That's low-tech solutions to breaking through a high-tech product. So Apple's now been thinking about that and they have two patents filed in relationship to privacy, but it's really about privacy and the displays. So the first patent is titled Privacy Films for Curved Displays. And so we've seen privacy films from other companies uh, that have existed for, for ages, but this describes a special screen covering that limits light emission to a single direction so that only the user directly in front of the screen could just could see the displays full quality full brightness full color but onlookers at different angles would not be able to see that now we know this sounds exactly like privacy films that already exist but you've got to imagine okay this is either apple just doing their own version or apple doing their own version but because they know about all the displays tech that they have inside maybe they can optimize it to give it a better image than even some of these other privacy displays do or even block out more than what some of these other privacy displays do but this first patent is specifically for a privacy film and not a specific display for like your mobile devices so it just it'd be an add-on film now the second patent is titled displays with adjustable angles of view and this is specifically more this one's interesting because it's designed for flat screens and it describes how a user could adjust a max viewing angle in real time to act as some sort of a filter. So basically, they could control the screen's polarization using some options to change at. Essentially, there would be some sort of an overlay, like a privacy overlay built into the display that goes on top of the other layers of the display already, and then could be activated by a user through something like the settings and change between a mode where everything can be seen versus a mode where only a user sitting maybe in the sweet spot could see, but it could be controlled by us, right? The film, the privacy films we talked about earlier, those are passive. But what about if you just decide, hey, I want to turn privacy on when you're on a plane, you hit that switch and your display automatically shows you something different and blocks out people from different angles. That's kind of fascinating. I think uh, that's That's pretty cool. I I dig that. That's really cool. And then finally, uh, if you have some time, because yeah, I know it's the holidays, and the holidays are still happening and coming up, and you might be going on a trip or a flight, or you're you're going on vacation like I am next week. Like I'm gonna be gone all next week. Well, check out BBC Sounds. It's their podcast because they have an interview. It's forty five minutes between Dua Lipa and Apple. CEO, Tim Cook. It's actually really fun. You can tell Tim Cook really likes her. She really likes him. So what that allows him to do is be a little more open, be a little more free, be a little more comfortable. And I think the big takeaway here is that there's no new groundbreaking information, but Tim Cook did reveal that Apple themselves have a very detailed succession plan in place when it's time to replace them, whether that's with his own choosing, whether that's them saying we don't want you anymore which they're very happy with Apple's profits. Um but Tim Cook said he has no intention of leaving anytime soon cuz he's enjoying it so much and look, call it what you want. Apple is doing better than they ever have before under Tim Cook's leadership and that can't be disputed. It can't. And now we've seen the Apple Watch become a success which was under his watch. We've seen the supply chain completely optimized. We've now seen the Mac Completely transformed with Apple Silicon, whether that was his initiative or not, he was still leading that charge. And some of the stuff is legacy initiatives that SJ wanted, but not all of it. And it still had to be executed. But, you know, there wasn't much else that was given. You know, they talked about his leadership style within Apple, where he came from, his beginnings, and where he is now and how he got there. So if you kind of want to learn more about how he thinks and how he operates. I think that's a fun, it's worth your time. And um, it's cool to hear him in this type of context. And I like it when CEOs open up to be a little more human or just any executive. Uh, I think that's, it's always a good thing. So check it out. It's on the BBC Sounds podcast and it's a Dua Lipa and Tim Cook, just like chopping up. And it's really cool. So 45 minutes of your time, um, just have it play in the background. It's, it's worth listening to. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Hey, before we go, we first of all got a shout out and give big thanks to our platinum apples at the $100 level of support Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Konexig, and Gregory Ford. Thank you for your incredible support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support my content in any way, shape, or form. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it, starting at $2 per month. But that is going to do it for this week. Hey, I'm legitimately. Going on a break for the next week. So, uh, I didn't run away from y'all, but we all deserve a little bit of vacation. So, it's been a crazy, I still have so much more to do. It's been a crazy September, October, November, but this is my time to get a week away and kind of recharge and recalibrate. So, I will be back in another week. Don't worry, the show isn't going anywhere. I still keep on bringing the goods, but that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back in a week. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care and be good. Peace.